faithfulness to Wednesday nights. Amen. We're going to talk about something that is kind of a candy stick, if you will. Some people say, well, that's easy to go to. But I'll tell you what, it may be easy to go to. But if we ever forget it, we're in trouble. Let's read out of Matthew 1 and 21. We read from here either last Wednesday or the Wednesday before last. I didn't look back to see. I just know where the Lord led me here today. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Let's go to one more reading found in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse number 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you believe this book at all, period, whatever the depth of your walk and the time you've had in the service of the Lord, if you believe this book, it says there is no other name save the name of Jesus Christ to be saved. If we're not saved in his name, by his name, through his name, we better get it. We better get it. That's our hope. I want to preach to you for just a little bit a very simple thought but a very deep reminder Something, put it up there if you would, Brother Beckham. Something about not just a name, but the name. Something about the name. Somebody tell me that name. Won't you say it about three or four times? Jesus over my family. Jesus over my health. Jesus over my finances. Jesus over the lost. Jesus over the dying. Jesus, somebody ought to just shout his name right now and praise him a little bit. Lord, anoint us here tonight and bless us and touch us and let us hear your word. In Jesus' name, we thank you for anointing. Everybody said amen. Go ahead and just love him again. God bless you. You may be seated. I learned me another valuable lesson tonight. That water bottle holder, don't hold that water. It's too big. Got to go back to my cheap brand. Amen. Something about the name. Uh, doing a little research today, and I've done this before. Things like this seem maybe boring to some folks, but it's, it's interesting to me just to have the knowledge. But... Uh, the world population stats .com is, is where you could go find uh, some of these stats. And from there, you can go and find uh, debate and argument and reasoning. But uh, I went there today and just done a little studying. And there are people connected to and writers and editors of world population that believes, world population stats, that believe that this could be the month and possibly up through June, but they don't believe it would be any later than June. This could be the month that the world officially surpasses 8 billion counted people. That's, that's, that's counted. You can go find them. Eight billion. There is another argument attached to that that says there's so many people that are undocumented around the world, especially in incredibly large nations where we don't know about all the reporting, China and India namely, that we don't know a lot about uh, as far as some internal data. There are some people that argue that we have already surpassed 10 billion people. 
But we have 8 billion people that are counted and accounted for. Out of these, virtually everyone, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few exceptions, uh, and you, you might even know one. I doubt it, but you may know one or know of one. But virtually every one of these people is recognized by a name. If not a name, but then by a title. Uh, there are kings and there are priests and there are people all over everywhere that they're only known by their their title or some their stage name. You know, we've got one here in Terrell right out there at the high school. You've got the big the big Jamie Fox Theater. Uh, and uh, the fact is, that's not even a person. They, they, they named that that pack center after Jamie Fox and he's a he's a young man that graduated two years ahead of me was in the class of my sister-in-law Becky his name was Eric Bishop and so uh, but as far as their names there's people that have all kind of stage names and there's wrestlers and there's actors and there's dancers and there's songwriters people that want to live a private life so they've got something else that's out there publicly and then they have their name. But everybody is recognized by somebody, somehow, some way. Everybody is somebody's something. And so it, it, could, it can be very simple, and it could also be very high uh, authoritative titles. But if you're trying to get a hold of any certain individual for any certain reason uh, or for any kind of questioning or uh, for, for anything at all, for a service, the first thing you got to start with is a name. If you want to reach somebody that does a particular work or has a certain quality about them, a certain look, if you're looking for somebody uh, that, that's, in a, that's in a picture, in a video, you, the first thing you got to figure out, if you're going to make contact with them people, who is this? And that starts with a name. That's, that starts with a name. If, if you wanted to get a hold of me, Let's just say, let me, let me just show you how difficult or how easy it could be for you and uh, most of the world. It would be very easy with modern technology. But if, it, if I was just a picture in another, in another part of the world on a screen and somebody said, we got to find out who this person is, then it would start with this. There's 193 nations in the world, 193 nations. Two recognized territories that are not nations. They have never been registered as nations. They've registered themselves as territories. And if, if you're looking for me, you're going to have to find in those 195 nations and territories, you're going to have to pick the one where I would most likely be. So there's that. And then out of that, you're going to come to one nation that is the United States of America. Right now, there's some, as of today, 332 million people accounted for in the United States of America. 332 million people. If you're looking for me, you got 332 million to look at after you've been through 195 nations or territories. So that's, that's going to take a little work. Then you're going to have to go down to uh, a state. There's 48 lower states, and then we have uh, the islands uh, of Hawaii, all of the uh, Hawaiian islands, and then we have Alaska in the lower 48 States, you're going to have to be looking for me. And when you find out, somebody says, yeah, I think that guy's from a particular state, it's going to come down to that one of 50. And that's going to be a state called Texas where there are 30 million people. Oh, here we go. So we've narrowed it down a big, you know, from the whole wide world all the way to a big old nation down to the lower 48 and now to a state. But we've still got 30 million to begin to research. Then inside of that state called Texas where there's 30 million people, you're going to have to find out what county 
You got one of 254 choices. 254 choices today. They range uh, anywhere from uh, 9 to 11 million people down to one that's right on the Mexico border that the entire county has under 100 people. But still yet, today, there's 254 counties registered in the state of Texas. When you get to my county, which is going to be Kaufman, when you get to my county, you're going to have to decide inside of Kaufman County which of the 16 cities you're going to look. Well, it sounds hard, don't it? You're going to have to look in 16 cities that are official cities in the county of Kaufman. And when you get down to there, you're going to find yourself in a place called Terrell. And inside of Terrell, you're going to find 930 streets with a name. Terrell addresses, 930 streets. All right? And that may not be up to date. They're opening new ones every day around my house. 930 streets. On those 930 streets, at the, at the end of 2021, there were 15,000 home addresses. All right, so we're getting it down now, but it's still work. And then when you find out what house that is, that's mine, you're going to have to see to it that you have found Rusty Hathcock. And if that ain't him, you're starting all over. So that's what it takes to get a hold to the right name as we know names. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. It's a lot easier with modern communications and technology and such, but if you don't know exactly who or what you're looking for, it's not that easy. Then there are some names and, and abbreviations. Some bring hope, some bring fear, and, and, and some are uh, indifferent to us. But just immediately, if, if you hear these three letters, C-I-A, that, that conjures up an image in your mind. You start thinking of, of undercover and, and deep across the oceans and, and taking care of things covertly and, and things that the president and the military don't even know about. And they're, they're settling issues under private documents that nobody even knows about. That's what you think about when you think about Central Intelligence Agency. Then there's UPS. They deliver packages sometimes on time and sometimes out of time. But they deliver them. Then there's the IRS. Everybody knows them. And they can conjure up all kinds of images. Then there's the FBI. That's the Federal Bureau of Investigation. They're doing the same thing the CIA is, except they're primarily working inside of the nation or on computer and other things. And very, Then there's LPC. That's not Larry Paul Charles. That's Life Point Church. And when you say that, believe it or not, if you type that into your computer, it's going to pop up hundreds of searches. It's going to pop up thousands of sermons and, and, and various quotes and pictures and because a name is important. A name is important. Names matter. It's important that we keep a good name. Y'all ready? Proverbs 22 and 1 the book of wisdom says to us this, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. The writer said, the spirit of wisdom said to us, it'd be better to have a good name than to be very rich. I'll tell you something, folks. If you ever protect anything, protect your name. You only get it one time. 
You only get one opportunity. You can live right for a hundred years, and in a hundred seconds, you can ruin it. One name, you get one opportunity. Ecclesiastes 7 and 1 says a good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death is better than one's birth. Why is that? Because if you live your entire life with a good name, on the day you die, you would have accomplished so much, it would be a greater celebration than the day you were born and haven't accomplished anything. We get one name. We get one opportunity. Our verse said that there is no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved but the name of Jesus Christ. It's very interesting. You can study a lot, and I won't call the names of them, but non-Christian religions and groups and organizations, and uh, very few of them have a name that'll save you. Some claim to have a prophet that'll lead you to a nameless God. Some claim to have a connection. Some claim to have a vibe and good feel, and some claim to have this or that, but I want to tell you something. Jesus is the name where we find salvation. Jesus is the name where we find power. Jesus is the only name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. The name of Jesus is an important name. You know, you think about it. You think Jesus. You think Jesus. You think Jesus Christ. You think Jesus Christian. You think Jesus Christianity. You start to think about all the books and songs and, and poems and, and, and rhymes and riddles and what have you that have been about Jesus, about the art and, and, and the statues and collections and on and on. You begin to look at the things and, and you start realizing that even people that don't claim to represent Jesus understand that Jesus has a place in their life. Watch this. People that don't live for him, people that don't serve him, people that don't follow him still have learned how to make a buck off of his name. That's right. It's true. Now, I tend to believe this one is, is, is pure, and I, I would, I would I'd sing it right now if I had, if I had music and knew, it, knew I could do it right or if I could play it. But the Commodores, under the leadership of Lionel Richie, sung a song that it said, Jesus. Is love, he won't let you down. And I know he's mine forever, always in my heart. And it's a good song, and it's about Jesus, and it, and it, it hits the Christian charts in its time. It's good. The Doobie Brothers, imagine how they got their name. Anybody ever heard the song they sang? It was right in the big middle of the Jesus movement culture at the turn of the 1970s from the 60s. And and Michael McDonald and the Doobie Brothers would sing a song that says, Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right. And then when the crowd got mad, they said, I don't care what they may say. I don't care where they may go. I don't care what they may do. Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. And they made lots of money off of it with a name like the Doobie Brothers. And then we have Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. Then there's, oh, happy day. Oh, happy day when Jesus washed. I'm glad he washed my sins away. Oh, happy day. He taught me how to watch and pray. Jesus songs, oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how, then there's another one that says, Jesus is the answer for the world today, above him there's no other 
Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. You heard it? You heard it? There's hundreds and thousands and millions of songs and books and poems and writings. In this one book alone, in one third of the Bible called the New Testament, the name is 943 times. I want you to hear me. There's something about the name of Jesus that captivates audiences, that tears down kingdoms, that destroys Somebody needs to hear me right now. There's something about the name of Jesus Christ. I began to search and research and and I I wanted to find it in biblical order and I never could find it in biblical order. It kept coming in in alphabetical order. It's it's, it's in in paper that way and it's on electronics that way. But I want to tell you a few things. In Revelation 1, the Bible said Jesus is the Almighty. In Revelation 22, it said he's the Alpha and the Omega. In Revelation 3, it says he's the Amen. It means the truth and it's over. He's the author of life in Acts 3. He's the bread from heaven in John 6. He's the bread of life in John 6. He's the chief shepherd in 1 Peter. He is the Christ in Colossians. He is Come on, he's the consolation of the world in Luke 2. He's a deliverer in Romans 11. He's Emmanuel, God with us in Matthew 1. There's something about the name Jesus. He's more than just a story. He really is the king of glory. We've got to have his name applied to our life. There's no other hope of salvation but through the name. Watch this. He's faithful in Revelation 3. He's a true witness in 3 and 14. In John 10, he's the gate. In John 20, he is God. In John 10, he's a good shepherd. In Hebrews 1, he's the heir of all things. I'm telling you, when you call the name, it's more than a little boy. It's more than a tomb. It's more than a cross. It's more than Easter morning and Christmas morning. There's something about the name. Woo! In Hebrews 7, he's the high priest. He's the holy righteous one in Acts 3. He's the holy one of Israel in Isaiah 41. He's the horn of salvation in Luke 1. In John 8, he is the I am. I am what? He is anything you will allow him to be. He's a friend. Somebody hear me right now. If you've got baptized in Jesus' name, you did it right. If the name was called over your marriage, you did it right. If it was called over your home, you did it right. If we buried your loved one in that name, we done it right. If we dedicated your babies in the name, we done it right. If we prayed for the sick, we done it right. The Bible said there's only one God. Satan knows his name and trembles. Brother John, I know you're hurting. Lost your only sibling the last few days. And the only thing, the only name that we're going to call on for help. There's not a doctor. There's not a friendship. There's not a school. Education is great, but I'm going to tell you, Stanford won't save you. Harvard won't won't save you. The University of Texas won't do it. Duke can't save you. UConn can't do it. Some of the greatest colleges in the history of the world will never be able to save you, but there's one name, and there's only one name given under heaven where we can be saved. If you haven't found salvation in the name of Jesus Christ, I propose you haven't found salvation Salvation. Woo, somebody ought to just praise him right now. Somebody ought to just love his name right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Isaiah 41, he's the Holy One of Israel. We said that in Luke 1. He's the horn of salvation. He's the I am in John 8. He's the king in Matthew 2. He's the lamb that was slain in John 1. He's the last Adam. What does that mean? We had the first Adam that was a failure and a flunk to what was created. But he's the last Adam. What's that? He brings a new DNA. He brings a new hope to mankind. He's the last one that would ever have to be made again by deity. Somebody tell me what his name is. He's the light of the world. How many of you how many of you have been feeling like you've been in darkness in the last little while? You can go to John 8 and 12 and you can find the light that no darkness can snuff out, that death can't kill, that the riches can't buy, that being poor can't subdue, that being injured can't hold down, that being depressed. There's a light. Light of the world. Lion of the tribe of Judah. It means he's the head praiser. He's the one that leads us. you find that in Revelation 5 and 5. He's simply the Lord in Matthew 22. Just the Lord. That's pretty incredible right there. Matthew 22, verses 43 and 44, he is the Lord. Now watch this. Some could say, oh, no, he's not my Lord. Let me tell you what Acts 10 says. Acts 10 says he's the Lord of all. Whether you claim it or not, if you're going to have a Lord, there's not going to be another one. There's none before him. There's none beside him. There'll be none after him. The Bible said he was before the foundation of the earth and he will be after mankind. Somebody tell me what his name is. There's something about the name of Jesus that conquers time. He's the Lord of all. He's the Lord of lords. He's the king of kings in Revelation 7. He's the Lord of glory in 1 Corinthians. He was a man of sorrow in Isaiah 53. You know why I'm glad he was a man of sorrow? Because he understands my sorrow. He knows what it's like to lose a friend. He knew what it's like to experience death. He knew what it was like to be accused. He knew what it was like to be tortured. He knew what it was like to be on the wrong end. And now all the ends are wrong, but on the wrong end of being sold into slavery. He was, a, he was one of the original involved in human trafficking. Judas sold him. He was an item. He's been beaten, bruised, wounded, all for our sin and our transgression, our wrongdoing. While he was perfect, he wasn't treated as perfect. He died on a cross. Some of the last words he would say would be to his accusers and the ones that carried out his execution, forgive them. And he would also look to a sinner who was justly getting what he deserved for the crime he had committed and said, today, you found hope. (laughs) Come on. Why? Because he's a man of sorrow in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. He's called our master in John 15. See, some folks, he'll never be your master, but I'm going to tell you something. He's either master or he's not. Come on, he doesn't work for us. He's not on our clock. He's not on our date book. He's not on our time. We don't tell him when and where and how to show up. We just do our job and let him be the master. He's the master in John 15. He's the mediator in 1 Timothy. What does that mean? He's the middle. He does everything that needs to be done. He's between heaven and hell. He's between repentance and forgiveness. He's between right and wrong. He's between life and death. He's between earth and eternity. He's the mediator of all things for us in our life. If we're going to be filled with his spirit, it's going to be through his name. It's going to be through his gospel. It's going to be through his baptism and burial. He said, those that are buried with me in my name, the same shall rise with me in my name. 
Why? Because there's something about the name. Somebody ought to praise him right now. I dare you just to worship him right now. Thank him that you live in a time where his name is known. For two-thirds of the Bible's history, they did not have the privilege of being able to call on his name or to go into his presence for themselves. But when he cried out, it is finished. Man's law began to tear from the top to the bottom. And all of a sudden, the holy of holies was now open to anybody willing to be holy and anybody willing to submit themselves to the spirit and the presence of the one true living God. We got his name. We got his spirit. We got his power. We got his authority. We've got the hope of glory. There's something about the name. John 4 and 25 just says he's the Messiah. Revelation 22 said he is the morning star. Did, did anybody get the... The little news blurb in the middle of everything else going on in the world today about the new star. Oh. Make a mental note and Google it later. Read the story. It'll be newspapers all over everywhere. There was a star. Hubble just continues to increase its power to be able to see out and beyond. And they found the star. A new star. It's never been seen before. And these numbers are not going to be correct, I'm pretty certain. And, and if you've already Googled it and found it, you just tell me. But I, I think it said it's 600 times the size of the sun. Or, or six times. And 600 times brighter than the sun. And when they went in there and they, they, they said, what, did you find it? Did somebody find it? Oh, good. That makes me feel better. I thought y'all was probably all researching. Go find it later. It'll be there. Somebody just look it up for me real quick. We just need that real quick. Just, just wonder who, who's quick on Google. My Lord, everybody's scared now. Somebody find that for me and just let me know. But here's, 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 what, here's what they said. They said that this, this star must have been some several hundred billion years old. That it's the brightest star ever. And one translation of its world name is the bright morning star. Anybody got it pulled up? I got that this morning. I started reading it, and I said, Lord, I know your word said nobody's ever seen heaven. I understand it. Hubble ain't that good. I, I get it. I, I, can, I can see it. I, I, I realize it. But my goodness, if we can see that, how much more? When you get it, you just feel free to lift your hand and, and be ready to interrupt me. Bible said he's the Passover lamb in 1 Corinthians. What's that? When the blood is applied, the judgment passes over. Jesus is the lamb that produces the blood that causes judgment to pass over. Bible in Hebrews 12 said he is the perfecter of our faith. In Isaiah 9, it says he is the prince of peace. John 1, it says he's the rabbi. John 11, it said that he is the resurrection. In 25 and 26, it says he's the resurrection and the, resurrection and the life. In Acts 7, it said he is the righteous one. You hear that? He's the ruler of all creation. In Revelation chapter number 3, 
in Luke 2, he is the Savior. In Luke 19, he's the Son of Man. In Matthew 1, he's the Son of David, the Son of the Most High. In Luke 1, he's the way, the truth, the life, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's the husband to the widow. He's the nail. He's the door. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the foundation. He's the judge. He's the soon coming king. He's the master and the Savior and a hope among us. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the root of David and the hope of all hopes. I'm talking about Jesus. Come on, let's praise him one more time. Let's worship him one more time. There's something about the name of Jesus. It happened to me right here in this baptistry one time. I'm done in two minutes, Sister Beckham, when you're ready. It happened right here. I got in the water. We had a good understanding. We had already had a Bible study. But somebody slipped in the last little bit and, and convinced some guy that I was about to baptize, that there was another way to be baptized. And he didn't have it right, and he had questions. And he waited till we got in the water to ask him to me. And he leaned over in my ear and said, hey, Pastor, can you baptize me like this? And I looked at him and I said, absolutely not. He said, you, would, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't baptize me? I said, no, sir. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't be guilty of it. Come on. Out of 943 or 45 times in Scripture, you can come up with 320-some-odd titles in Scripture. We could go on and on. That was about 75 or 80, but we could go on. There's over 300 titles, I think it's 322 or 3, of Jesus Christ and positions that he would fill in our life. But it comes down to a name. If I'm going to call one or two or three or four of the titles, I better call them all. Instead of that, why don't we just call the name? I can be in a crowd of a million, and if somebody says, Daddy, and I don't recognize the voice, I'm going to look. I'm probably not who they're looking for. Son, I'm going to look. Pastor, I'm going to look. At one time, somebody could say, there's a pain body man, and I'd look. Friend, I'm a friend. I'm a father. I'm a son. I've got the Holy Ghost. But we're not using my name for baptism. Because we'd all sink and drown and be dead. But there is a Father, and there is a Son, and there is a Holy Ghost, and there is a, a, a Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. There is the chief cornerstone. There is the author and the finisher of our faith. There is the creator of all things. There is the first and the last. There's the hope of glory. There's the judge and the witness and the great. His name is Jesus. I wonder if there's one person in this place that believes the way is Jesus. I wonder if there's one person in this church that believes the truth is Jesus. Anybody believe John 14 and 6? The life is Jesus. If I mess this up, y'all just clean it up, but I'll to do my best to give you a little quote found in John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. You get down to 14, and the Bible says that the Word became flesh. How do you get around that? Came the flesh of who? Buddha didn't claim it. They don't claim it over any prophets or any other gods anywhere in any other book save the name of Jesus Christ. What, did you hear that? Times that. 50 times the size of the sun. Millions. I said 600. I knew I was messed up. Millions of times the brightness of the sun. From where it's at 
The speed of travel is 12.9 billion light years. That's traveling at the speed of light for 12.9 billion years. If humanity can spot, thank you, Brother Fuller, if humanity can spot a star with our telescope, that would take 12.9 billion years for its light to reach the surface of the earth. How vast is our creator named Jesus? Time won't get around him. Come on, you can't go too deep, you can't go too high, you can't go too wide, can't go too far. Can't ascend high enough, can't drop low enough. Can't be too rich, can't be too poor. He's got you. Somebody hear me, if you've been baptized in his name, you ought to just stand up and thank him that you had the privilege of knowing it. If we dedicated your babies, buried your dead, married your children or yourself, dedicated your home, prayed over your new automobiles, whatever it was that we applied the name of Jesus to, you ought to just thank him right now. The Bible says to do it in a zealous spirit. Zealous is the point of zeal. That's 212 degrees Fahrenheit. That's boiling. That's moving. With zeal are we to praise him. With a bawling mentality. A rolling over the bottom becoming the top. Somebody hear me right now. With triumph and victory. I wish somebody would shout the name. I wish somebody would get out of their pew and start a victory march just declaring his name. Don't ask him for nothing. Don't talk to him about anything. Just declare the goodness and the name. Wherever you're at at home tonight, if you're driving, listening, wherever you may be, if you begin to declare the name of Jesus over your house, over your sickness, over your marriage, over relationship, over your family, over your job crisis, over your finances, declare the name. Oh, pastor, that's a candy stick. It might be. But it's the sweetest candy stick we've ever had. And we better preach it until the last message. If you need hope, you don't have time to quote 943 scriptures or 323 titles. Brother Carl, you didn't have time for none of that. But as soon as you think about it, you can say, Jesus. And you get all the titles in the name. Come on, just keep worshiping him. Keep worshiping. Luke 2 and 11. He is our Savior. The only one true living God. The Bible said the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in Christ Jesus. Not in God Jr. Come on, in Jesus. Not the second part of the Trinity, but in Jesus. Not in the spirit of the man, but in Jesus. There's been some great writers, some great theologians, some great songwriters, some great people that produce lyrics. But I want to tell you something. When you get a hold of Jesus... When you really, really, really get a hold to Jesus, you get a hold of more than a savior, more than a friend, more than a healer, more than a father, more than a son, more than a spirit. You just keep doing what you're doing. The Bible talks to us about him in court terminology. Check this out. He's our friend. He's our witness. He's the judge. He's the prosecutor. And he gives the testimony. 
And then at the end, if he finds us guilty, he saves us. That's who I want with me. He's the creator of life. He's the one that was before. He'll be the one that's after. He's the first. He's the last. He is the hope and glory. What's his name? You keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to tell this story, and I've told it probably a dozen times over a little less years, but I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Early 90s. I just had Sister Weems, it was just rolling over in me. I, I, I would have preached to a herd of cattle if it had moved a little bit. I'm telling you, I, it didn't make me any difference in the world. I had a connection with a man that had bought an old bar room on Interstate 30. Doesn't stand any longer, but he was so proud. He said, Brother Rusty, he said, I'd love for you to come preach. We've never had revival here, but I'd like for you to come preach us a revival. And, and oh, you, you, you call the wrong one for that. Because I, I didn't even know how to be couth much. You know, it was just rare back and go. And whatever we bulled over, just the way it was. And I walked in and the auditorium had been converted, kind of like these squares, but they were black and white. It was a dance floor, and the bar room had been turned into the to where the ushers was at and greet everybody, and the offering pans were. And, I mean, this was a conversion. Man, they hung a canvas sign over the neon sign. I was proud to be the first preacher, especially at my age, early, mid-20s, I walked in there and I looked around. The building was pretty, pretty full. And the preacher come to me and he knew what my background was. And he says, now, now, Brother Rusty. And I could feel it at that moment. Great man. But he, he was trying to draw all the people together. And he wanted what he thought I was going to bring. But he wanted it his way, kind of. <laughs> you know what I mean. We want that. We just don't want to get excited about it. That's hard to do. I looked around and he began to tell me all these people and what all different churches they come out of. And hey, none of these people know anything. Brother Rusty, the, the Holy Ghost, it, it's never hit. We hadn't had our, our first baptismal yet. We nothing's going on. You remember that, baby? And, and it was there's probably 80 people or so, maybe maybe a few more than that. He had gathered up and it was called the International World of Something, 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 and it's long gone. Most its, most its members are, are past, including the pastor. They're, they're gone from this life. And there they were, and they brought everybody together and, and called me in to preach. Boy, I had me some notes, and everywhere I went as an evangelist, I felt like I had two callings, praise and worship and restoration. That was about all I knew. And I preached it everywhere. Everywhere I went, that was my thing. I loved it. I'd go places, and... And have a great time preaching on those two subjects. Pastors knew it. I said, that's what I'm bringing. Unless the Lord gives me something, I'm going to bring praise and worship Thursday and Friday. Saturday and Sunday, we're going to preach restoration. Whatever happens, happens. And a lot of, a lot of stuff happened. I looked around. I knew what kind of people I was preaching to. And I knew what they believed and, and all that. And I got my Bible and I, I was getting ready to go. And something just stopped me right there at that pulpit. And I said, real, real politically, while there was a fire raging inside of me. I said, would y'all help me do something? They were so kind. And they said, yes, sir. And some said, yes, preacher. And some said, whatever you need. And let's do it. And some just gave me a good, stern, behave look. And I said, I want you to just say one word with me. Can you do that? They said, yeah. And I said, let's do it like this. Just say, Jesus. And all those people from all kinds of places looked all kinds of ways. Some weren't even believers. They'd been publicizing this thing and advertising it, and there we were. I said, could you just say, Jesus? I watched them look at each other, and some of them didn't say nothing. And I said, okay. That was about a quarter of you. Can we do a little better than that? Can we, can we say Jesus? And a few more said it. And I said, no, we're still not there. I want to preach to you. I'm going to bring you a good message. But I just feel like we need to be 100% 
participation right here. Jesus. I'll never forget these two ladies sitting together in the chairs lined up. They were on the first or second pew right there, very visible. They looking at each other, and they was like, what are you going to do? I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. What are you going to say? I don't know. And I watched one of them go, Jesus. It was clear they had never been in any outward worship settings. And I said, now let's just say it a little louder. Jesus. And the lady on the, on the keyboard went, mm, Jesus. Jesus. And I wanted to start preaching. And the Lord said, no. Nah, it ain't going to do you no good to do that. We've got to lift up my name first. And I said, come on across this building, Jesus. And I looked at the pastor and his wife, and they were sitting down. I hadn't said a word. On the platform, I said, pastor, would you help me? He said, yeah. And I said, would you stand up and say, Jesus? And he said, Jesus. I said, could you give it just a little bit more? He said, Jesus. I said, I think they'll follow you. They won't follow me. Jesus. I said, now come on. And all of a sudden, everybody in that building said, Jesus. And then they said, Jesus. And then I just sat back and didn't say nothing. And they were saying, Jesus. Next thing I knew, some hands were up. Next thing I knew, people were around the altar. Next thing I knew, the Holy Ghost was falling. And people that had never worshipped were being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. At the mention of his name. I'm going to just make an invitation to you right now. You can be a beggar if you want to. You can ask for anything you want to ask. But I want to tell you something. If you can get a hold of Jesus, you got it all. If you get a hold of him, if you get a hold of him, will you give me three minutes? How long have I been preaching? Somebody tell me. 35 minutes? How many? Yeah, that's how long I've been up here. As she died, she could quote the book, The Fullness of the Godhead is All in Him. Kids showed up the next day and she had forgot a lot of that and she said, All in Him. The next day she said, In Him. And the grandkids said, Oh, she used to could quote so much. And I hate it. The day before she died, they come in with the frail hands and dimming eyes. She looked up and said, him and the daddy who was a pastor said she didn't know any more of the scripture it's all gone and the old bishop standing beside him said yeah but as long as she knows him she's got the rest of it as they sing I just want to invite you would you like to just come and turn it all over to him